0: So Kevin O'Connell, and that's why I had Kevin in my head, will be Patrick Swayze to Kirk Cousins, Demi Moore. They're going to mold some clay on that field, and it's going to be
1: marvelous. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions,
2: big name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota.
1: It
0: starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I am your host, Ron Johnson. On today's episode of the Ron Johnson Show, we're going to have Heisman Trophy winner, not a candidate, winner, Ron Dane, running back out of Wisconsin. He's going to tell us who his top five NFL running backs are. I wonder who's number one. I wonder who's going to get snubbed. I know there's going to be some snubs because there always is when there's a top five. We have to talk a little bit about the Miami Heat Celtics. Just quick, we'll hit on that. Heat one. Eh, that's it. Um, and then of course, we got to talk about the Vikings and then Daily Three coming up later as well. But as I bring my producer in, Sam Ekstrom, Sam, you had a chance to go out to, to, to mini-camp OTAs. Uh, for the Vikings, and so when you look at them opening up, I saw pictures of Dalvin Cook in number four. I saw Alexander Madison in number two. I see Cam Dantzler in number three. Um, what what was your immediate thought seeing those guys out there?
1: Yeah, a lot of single digits. Um, <laughs> you know, you got Peterson in seven. You got seen in six. Um, and you got the kicker is forty nine. Ron, the new <laughs> the, the undrafted free agent is absurd, and they've got a backup punter who's sixty six. So I don't know what I'm seeing. Um, it was a pretty low-key practice. Uh, it was individual drills for about 45 minutes, and then they did a little bit of 11-on-11 11 11 at the end, but not a lot. So we didn't get to see a lot of substance, and it was a lot of run run plays, a lot of screen passes. Um, but, yeah, just kind of taking the lay of the land. Almost everybody was there. Um, a lot of teams, you know, don't get as good of attendance, I don't think, as the Minnesota Vikings do at OTAs. The only guys missing were... Blake Lynch, the, the linebacker, and then Harrison Smith had a child, which is why he was gone. Other than that, attendance was perfect. Did have a lot of guys that were were rehabbing injuries, though. Like Andrew Booth um, watched him on the rehab field. He was running sprints, looked really agile. Irv Smith Jr. was running routes kind of off off to the side. He looked pretty agile as well. Um, like Ryan Connolly, Johnny Munt. they were rehabbing. There were like six or seven rehab guys. Um, So it was a kind of a soft startup. I didn't feel like we saw a ton of substance yesterday, but just kind of taking it all in, seeing the new faces and kind of associating them with the new numbers. uh, It was good to get back out there.
0: Yeah, and congratulations to Harrison Smith from Ron Johnson show. Uh, That guy is like a secret agent. Like, you never really know what's going on with Harrison Smith. Like, the funniest comments I saw when he got married were, like, (laughs) people were just like, wait a minute, when did he even start dating somebody? Like, (laughs) he is so secretive with his life. I love it, though. Like, it's the best. And so, like, to just have a child and nobody, you know, it's not a Kardashian where you just see the baby bump and you see all the pictures and the baby shower and all the stuff. And, you know, a a one-month update every single month of the pregnancy and all that like harrison smith lives like we lived back in 2000 nobody knows what you're going to do until they tell you or you actually see them i mean that's why i love it um how harrison smith gets his life going but no congratulations to harrison smith and his wife on their new baby uh mainly her she did all the work he's just there uh but congratulations to her for for you know putting out a new hit man or woman uh we'll find out what that you know child is girl or boy um and if they're gonna be a football player softball player basketball baseball i mean who knows i mean he's an athlete i think she's an athlete so yeah that that should be a nice one but sam as we jump into this and you look at the vikings and so of course like you have to build the. so this is the thing about a new coach you have to build the base if you're building a house and that's where i think the vikings are they're building a house when you build a house First thing you have to do is lay down the concrete base. And so if you have a basement, you're laying down the rebar, and then you're laying down the concrete. So you got to build the rebar frame for your basement. And I think that's what the Vikings are. That's why you're seeing run plays. You're just seeing the communication getting in and out of the huddle. Like, that's going to be the key is the communication in the huddle. Kevin O'Connell to Kirk Cousins. Can Kirk Cousins get the lingo down? Can he get it to his guys in the time he's supposed to? Like, can this be a timely get out the huddle in time to see what you have to do? Uh, my guess is Kevin O'Connell is going to want him out the huddle with at least 20 seconds to 18 seconds to go so that he has time to, you know, mess around and do some stuff to, to see the defense and not come to the line of scrimmage like we've seen in the past with seven seconds. And then it's a it's an all mad dash to snap it. And then you don't have time to call out the blitz or change of protection. Um, this is my thoughts with Kevin O'Connell and, and why he has to differentiate, differentiate himself from Mike Zimmer. Kevin O'Connell has to be different. He shouldn't, it's not like he could, he has to, he has to be different. The reason being, if you do everything that Mike Zimmer did, if nothing changes one, the fan base is going to lose it. They're going to be like, look, we're, we're literally doing the same things. And we're getting the same results out of this quarterback. So the quarterback is the problem. It's not Mike Zimmer. He has to be different because if he doesn't, then it's going to be like, oh, this is the same thing Rick uh, Rick Spillman did. He didn't get the right offensive line. Kirk Cousins is under pressure. It's the same thing. Why did we waste all this time getting a new coach, firing a coach that probably could have got our defense great because our defense was great? He has to be different because if the defense is just as bad as last year, they're 25th. And they can't get back up into that, like Steve Weiss said. They got to get back up into that 15, 16 range. If the defense is middle of the road, their offense will be top five. So if their defense is middle of the road, and not middle of the road, meaning like subpar, just don't fall far behind in third downs. Stay up in that top, you know, top 10 third downs. Overall defense, stop in the run, force him in the passes. He has to be different because then people are like, well, why are we bringing an offensive coach and our defense was the problem? We are making it out to be the offense was the problem and our defense is the problem. So Mike Zimmer could have got that fixed with maybe some healthy guys and some new pieces. He has to be different because the 3-4 versus the 4-3. He has to be different because of the passes. So we think about Kevin O'Connell and this is where I go with this. Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins are gonna be the key. You look at Belichick and Brady. You look at uh, Byron Lefwich and Brady. I mean, of course, Brady's the nexus. You look at uh, Drew Brees, and his coach out of New Orleans, and Sean Payton. You you look at Sean McVay and Jared Goff even. Jared Goff was subpar, and he got to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Then you look at Sean McVay with Matthew Stafford, and it looks awesome. Like Matthew Stafford said, it was like getting a new iPhone know on his new at&t commercial it's like getting a new iphone you love the old iphone it did just fine for 10 years but hey that new iphone is just a little bit better it's a little bit shinier it's a little bit faster It does a little bit more processes a little bit better that's what matthew stafford is looking about trading he's making jokes about his trade and what happened so when you trade kevin o'connell I don't want an iPhone 8 anymore. We've seen what the iPhone 8 can do. We've seen what Mike Zimmer does, which is pay attention to the defense, barely recognize the offense, not really like his quarterback. That didn't work. So now what Kevin O'Connell is going to do, because he's a quarterback, he's a former player, like Steve Weiss said, he covered the Rams. Shot up, uh, 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 um, Kevin O'Connell is that dude, as he called it. He's that dude. He looks like a player, acts like a player, can relate to a player. Kirk Cousins, 4,900 yards with the Commanders in 2016, 4,000 yards in 2017, 4,100 yards in 2015. With the Vikings, the last two seasons, 4,200 yards and 4,200 yards. Big difference with the Vikings his first year, probably better uh, coordinator situation, 2018, 70% passing. TD to interception ratio. Last year, 33 to 7. Passer rating, 103. Kirk Cousins is just fine. Kirk Cousins is good. Kirk Cousins just doesn't get any respect. Kirk Cousins is the Rodney Dangerfield of Minnesota sports, of national sports. He doesn't get respect. He is Rodney Dangerfield to some people. He is a star. He can get it done. Kirk Cousins just needs somebody to mold him. You guys saw, uh, what's her name, Demi Moore with the clay. Like you have to have somebody like Kevin O'Connell is gonna be the 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 what was his name, Sam? The guy that was behind Demi Moore, the ghost. Uh, I'm not
1: a I'm not Kevin, a movie guy. Is
0: it Kevin something? Ah, oh, not Kevin Bacon. But man, they'll put it out there. The people know. But the guy in Ghost. Why am I blanking <laughs> on his name? But he was behind Demi Moore helping her mold the clay. Now he was a ghost, but he did it. Kevin O'Connell. It's going to be the ghost (laughs) on the field that's going to mold the clay with Kirk Cousins and make this offense become a nice piece of pottery. And that's my take on this, man. Like, Kevin O'Connell is going to be better for Kirk Cousins. When you think about third down efficiency, you think about helping him uh, in and out of the huddle. You you think about helping him understand and seeing the field and seeing what he said. Somebody, uh, Dan Orlovsky said, he said, man, some of the best coaches, uh, uh, Darius Butler said it, Ryan Clark said, some of the best coaches are backup quarterbacks. Star quarterbacks aren't great at being coaches because they are so good at greatness. They don't know how they get it done. They just get it done. Whereas the backup watches, learns, listens and understands why they're great and why this guy is great and they're actually coaching the number one guy when he comes off the field he's like look this is what i saw this is what you saw what you see what you do they are good at that that's why backup quarterbacks tend to be coaches in the nfl i mean that's why the stars go to the booth because they can keep talking about it but they probably can't tell anybody They probably can't help anybody get better. They can talk about it and why this play is happening and what should happen. But coaching somebody up, Ryan Tannehill already said it. I don't want to be a. I don't want to mentor this guy. Brett Favre said it. I don't want to mentor Aaron Rodgers. That's what stars do. They don't want to do it. I mean, I heard stories about Bon Jovi walking into rooms just saying no, yes. Why? Because he can do that. Like if you just say no and everybody stops, you're gonna keep doing it. And that's what stars do. They don't go out and coach. They just play. Kevin O'Connell was a backup. He was good at it. He watched it. And now he's a great coach. And he's going to get Kirk Cousins to where he needs to be. Sam, that's my thoughts on what's going to have to happen with Kevin
1: O'Connell versus Mike Zimmer. I don't know. What do you think? So you said it. Kirk Cousins is good. Kirk Cousins is not great. I reserve that for Aaron Rodgers. I reserve that for Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. So – there are levels to it. Yeah. So can Kevin O'Connell get Kirk Cousins closer to great? Because he's been good. No one's ever argued that. And he shows glimpses, even maybe of greatness. Can we get that at a more consistent level? And and the Vikings honestly haven't changed a lot, you know, about their their offense, except for who the coach is. I mean, the the running backs are going to be the same, the wide receivers are the same. The offensive line isn't going to be too different. The quarterback's the same, so who what's the variable? It's Kevin O'Connell. He yeah. has to be the difference that gets this offense from where it was last year into the top five or top ten yeah. um that is critical, and I think it it comes down to a little better you know run pass balance using Dalvin cook a little more responsibly so he stays healthier, making sure Justin Jefferson doesn't get overlooked. Uh, finding creative ways to get the running backs the ball in space like there are a lot of ways I think to get this offense into the great category and it does fall in O'Connell I think to be the difference
0: yeah and to pay off the tease for everybody that's stuck around thanks for sticking around Patrick Swayze dirty dancer Patrick Swayze played the ghost with Demi Moore it was I could see his face I kept saying Kevin Bacon it's not Kevin it was Patrick Swayze so Kevin O'Connell, and that's why I had Kevin in my head, will be Patrick Swayze to Kirk Cousins Demi Moore. They're going to mold some clay on that field, and it's going to be marvelous. Well, up next on the Ron Johnson Show, we got Heisman Trophy winner, Ron Dane Badgers running back. Talk a little bit about Roll the Boat. Let's see what he thinks about P.J. Fleck. Stay tuned on the Ron Johnson Show. If you enjoy the Ron Johnson show, you'll enjoy our other daily sports show, Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's superior sports talk with Kara Levin sports director, Reggie Wilson, and his co-host Luke Inman, whether it's twins, Vikings, wolves, or wild. Hey, let's throw the links in there as well. Reggie and Luke have it covered with all the breaking news and big opinions. Catch the show five days a week by subscribing to Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, as promised, Big Ten, just all everything running back, NFL running back, Ron Dane Heisman Trophy winner this guy's done stuff that only like less than a percent of people I mean less than a zero zero one percent of people have done in their life and that's when the Heisman Trophy also played in the NFL though but I ran into Ron Dane this past weekend uh at the University of Minnesota of all places at the track meet and I'm looking and I'm like man that can't be Ron Dane that guy is too small like the Ron Dane I remember was a bruiser, and this guy is, uh, you know, looking all sexy and got the chain on, and there he done lost, it. you know, looking like he's in a weight room. And it's Ron Dane in Minnesota, and so of course I'm like, man, I got to get him on the podcast, Ron. I want to thank you for joining me. Um, well, you know what? Let's, let's, let's get it out. Let's get it out. Let's get it out the way now, man. You got the shirt on. I saw the Wisconsin shirt yeah, already. Yeah. You know, so it. Minnesota, Wisconsin, man, like it's it's the axe. They play for the axe. Yeah. What's what's one of your biggest memories? or best memories of that rivalry when you were playing?
2: Well, um, probably my biggest one was that uh, we were getting ready. We were almost like at halftime, we were down. I'm not sure what year, but we were in Minnesota, and we were down um, probably like 13 points at halftime. And we was going in the score right before halftime. And I had dislocated my finger, and I had to put it back in. And then we, you know, and then I'm like, ah, oh, man, coach, my hands is hurting. He's like, well, you got to play. And I was just like, coach, I don't know how much I can't carry the ball. You know what I'm saying? Once I said that, he, he gave me the ball 15, 20 times in a row. And then we came back and ended up winning the X. And it was probably in 98, maybe. Yeah, I think it, was it actually like, was
0: 99. Yeah, because 99? I remember that. Yeah, you guys beat us at the end. It was 20 to 17, yeah. 1999. Mm-hmm. Yep. In Minneapolis, I thought we had it. Kind uh, of, yeah. they kind of had you under control a little bit, and then I yeah. think you just had a couple nice runs, and you know we couldn't yeah. get it done. But yeah, no, that's I didn't know about the finger though, man. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, so you popped I, your I, own it,
0: finger back in.
2: Yeah, it's, and it's the ring finger, and it's still swollen, It's still swollen to this day.
0: Oh man. So, yeah, so, looking at you know, looking at Paul, Chris, you know, when you look at the Wisconsin Badgers, you look at the Gophers with P.J. Fleck and P.J. Yeah. Fleck, man, is one of the most polarizing figures right now. When You talk about roll the boat and all that stuff. And, and the roll the boat yeah. mantra, uh, for those that don't know, this means, you know, put your head away from the target. So your back's to the target. Just roll. Let your coach lead you. Just roll, roll, yeah. roll. Just go, go, go. Is there any moments in your life you can think of where you literally just had to put your head down and just push through, um, because I know you can 't say row the boat, but I know there's moments in athletes' lives where they have to do that they 'll put their close their mind off and just go and just trust God man like, have you had moments like that
2: well um actually it has you know my senior year um with me going to try to break the Russian record um uh, trying to get to the Rose Bowl again and um you know win the Heisman so um we lost middle way in the season to I think Cincinnati. And I fumbled the ball and, uh, you know, we kind of, I got smashed in the by uh, Sports Illustrated, everything. Everybody was smashing me. Like, he's Heisman, he's not gonna get it. Um, so our whole goal, we all just stayed focused and did what we had to do. And we just won, I think, the rest of our games. And all we did was just, like you said, um, like coach said, you row and you let your coach handle everything else. You know what I'm saying? We know the game plans, we just go with the coach said. and. I like his, you know, his his, uh, little theme on that, especially for his team. Like, let me coach and y'all just come with me, you know, and that happened my senior year.
0: Hey, man, I love that. I love that. So let's jump into the NFL. I mean, you were NFL running back. When you look at the NFL now, uh, it's becoming a passing league. You know, you look at all yeah. these teams signing these receivers to big-time money. Uh, the running back is becoming far and few. Um, it's not as many as it used to be where the running back was the key thing. Everybody wanted to draft. Now you look at the draft this year, you know, the, the early top guys were all receivers, cornerbacks, you know, safeties, linemen. Um, yeah. what what is your thoughts on where a guy like you at 250, 260 pounds, yeah. pure brute force running back, where would you fit in today's NFL and where do you see it? Do you see it coming back to where it could be, or do you think this is gonna become a passing league going forward?
2: Well, that's that's a tough question. But um <laughs> uh <laughs> but it usually hopefully it comes back around for the bigger guys that can run. Um that's fast. Like like the biggest back right now is is Henry. Yeah. you know um if anywhere I would go try to play with them and their coaching <laughs> staff, you know what I'm saying because they like big backs, so yeah, um that'd be one um and then uh like i like I would say um any team that give you the opportunity to run the ball and 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 you're in that good offense that you know, it's a lot easier then
0: so when you think about the nFL and I've asked you this question already. Yeah. And you kinda of told me early on at the track me who your who your number one was. But if you had to pick five, and not in any order, but if you had to pick five NFL running backs who you would say are top five right now, who would your top five running backs be?
2: Oh man, uh, you know I got to go from University of Wisconsin, JT, Jonathan Taylor, you know what I'm saying? He he's number one. And then I would probably go Big Henry. And then I would go um the guy from Minnesota. Okay. I him yep. Yep. He's nice. Chubbs. Chubbs is a beast. Okay. And and then I would give it to um Kamara. Okay. And, uh, don't know. All right. I mean uh Louisiana.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you look at Alvin Kamara, you look at Dalvin Cook, you look at Derrick Henry, um, like you said, Jonathan Taylor. And I think Jonathan Taylor right now is the all time you know, the all leading fantasy back for this upcoming season. Uh, for mm-hmm. that simple fact is they're gonna run the ball, unlike some teams are gonna pass. Um, when you see guys like Christian McCaffrey. You know, and he was highly rated before Then injuries set in. Um, do you think that's the reason why running backs are kind of getting pushed down? Because, you know, injuries to running backs are becoming more and more, you know, Dalvin Cook faced him. Alvin Kamara faced him. You know, Derrick Henry faced it this past year. So now yeah. people are saying, why pay a running back that's going to get beat up when a receiver, you know, is not going to take as many hits. Do you think that's probably part of the problem?
2: Yeah, and especially you got to think about the offense. Everything is spread out now, so you don't have fullbacks on teams no more that's going to take that extra hit if you're a running back, you know, so that's a tight end, so it's it's totally different now, and you spread it out, and, like, McCaffrey, yeah, he can be on the swing. He's almost like what well, he really reminds me of is Marshall Falk, you yeah, know okay. um, You know what I'm saying, because Marshall Falk was doing it way before anybody was doing that. Like, he was like a slash res- wide receiver period you know like they line them up on routes and do all that so um you know now that most of the teams are really running into that and going with that i don't think right now i don't think the big backs will be able to come back now because hey you ain't got a fullback you can't you ain't running it you got to do passes you got to come out the back you know a lot more than just like like they used to do with the big backs
0: and when you look at the Big Ten West, last question, the Big Ten West, you got Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, and that's kind of the early-on favorites everybody's kind of rolling with. I think that's an easy one for people to roll with. Those three teams are going to fight for the West. Where do you yeah. see Wisconsin football going this season?
2: I think we should be pretty good. I think we should um, be to come out and just get on the roll and have some fun. Um, got some new, new guys in there, some younger guys that's going to pick up some big positions and be able to play, um, step in you know, especially on defense and uh, offense is going to be all right. So we ain't got to worry about that.
0: (laughs) Well, I want to thank you, Ron, for joining me on the Ron Johnson show. That's Ron square today. I guess we'll call it Uh, up next. Everybody it's the (laughs) daily three. That's three questions, three minutes. Stay tuned. All right. Appreciate you, man. All right, man. Appreciate you. Hey, do you want instant postgame reaction from the insiders that cover your favorite sports teams? Well, check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Following every Twins, Vikings, Wild, Wolves, Lynx, Loons, whatever. We are going to talk about it on our Locked On Team hosts, and they're broadcasting live with team insiders like Kevin Gorg for The Wild, Brandon Warren for The Twins. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. Well, up next, we got the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes. Take it away, Sam.
1: More Vikings OTA talk. This is one in- interesting observation I made yesterday. The right guard spot rotated between Jesse Davis and Chris Reed, a couple of veterans they brought in. We didn't see Wyatt Davis. We didn't see Oli Udo, who was the right guard last year. So, Ron, I ask you this. Uh, are Davis and even Udo, are either of them in danger of not making this roster?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anytime that you don't solidify your spot in the NFL, you are subject to being released. And this is the thing. Rent is due in the NFL. That's what I always hear that when I was with the Ravens. Rent is due in the NFL, and it's due every day. This is not a weekly rent. This is not a monthly rent. Every day. our One of our special teams assistants, he used to say that was mainly with special teams guys, too. Every day. Because like stars, like Ray Lewis, his rent might be due yearly, you know. When you're a big time guy like Jamal Lewis, running back, two, to, you know, two thousand yards in a season, two hundred ninety six, two hundred ninety five yards in a game, yeah, his rent might be due every three or four months, but when you're on the special teams every day, and so when you look at those guys, offensive linemen specifically, they don't really contribute to special teams besides field goal or extra point. But they're not in the – and not to say that's not important. Those are very important, especially for for Minnesota sports fans. The kicking game is extremely important because every game is coming down to a kick when it matters the most, it feels like, in Minnesota. Uh, And so when you think about the core special teams, the ones that get a ton of run up and down the field, practice, punt, kickoff, kickoff return, those are and punt return, those are kind of the four – That you know, when you look at teams, as they call it, those are when you're going to have your DBs, your receivers, your linebackers. That's when you're looking at who's that fifth receiver, who's that ninth, tenth DB, who's that sixth, seventh, eighth possible, you know, outside linebacker, defensive end. Um, That's how you make it. That's that's. But when you're offensive lineman. You just got to solidify that you're a true backup. You're a true swing guy. You're a true a guy that somebody goes down in a game or gets COVID, you can possibly start and help the team out in that next game. And so I can see why uh Jesse Davis and Chris Reed are up there right now because Wyatt Davis showed us nothing last year and Oliudo, you know, he was eh, he was in there um didn't do great didn't do bad but didn't do great and and that's the problem if you're getting pushed back into the quarterback if you're responsible for a lot of big time you know highlights from from inside guys like Aaron Donald and you know all these inside guys you know push Puna forward, you know they're pushing through on you you know Chris Jones and all of a sudden you're the highlight you know and again Akeem Hicks is a different beast I I can't get mad that you get pushed back by Akeem Hicks but when that happens too 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 many times You end up where you're at. And these coaches don't know those two guys. But what they do is watch film, and they listen to the scouts. And that's why they are where they are. So, yes, they are subject to being cut.
1: Yeah, I'm worried about Davis. I mean, we we saw nothing last year and and nothing so far in the early stages this year. I I think that Udo might have a place because he can be one of those four-position swing guys. He can probably play both guard spots. He could play the tackle spots. And Rashad Hill's gone, so they do need a swing tackle. So I think Udo could play a backup role. I don't know what Davis's flexibility is, but I, I'm worried about Wyatt Davis. Uh, NBA draft lottery last night. Here are the top three picks. The Magic, the Thunder, the Rockets, and of course, Chet Holmgren, the Minnehaha product. He is eligible to be taken in those top three picks. Maybe number one, two, three, we don't know yet. Ron, where do you think Chet winds up in the NBA? Honestly, I I I think magic,
0: only for the simple fact of um it's between him and Paulo Bancaro. Uh Jay Ivey is also a, a guy out of Purdue. Um and then the guard out of uh, uh I think it's Arthur Smith or something out of Auburn. Um you you're not gonna see the magic take a guard. So I think Jay Ivey is out. Why? Because they already have a Jay Nivey, they have Jalen Suggs. Um they also have the kid out of uh I think North Carolina, the left handed kid, or uh yeah, he's at North Carolina, I think, or or UConn or something but the left-handed guard um, from one of those blue bloods um, but he's there so when you already have two guards um, in your system you don't need a Jay what do you need you need Apollo Bancaro or you need a, a, a Chet Holmgren now what is the NBA about NBA is about friends always wanting to play together You look at Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, D'Angelo Russell. They've been trying to play together. Uh, Did not work out because they got Anthony Edwards, which I think was just fine. Definitely not a Devin Booker-type shooter, but Anthony Edwards gets the job done. He's a star in this league. Um, When you see the fact of, like, LeBron wanting to play with Carmelo and and D-Wade and all these guys because he became friends with them in the draft process. Well, Chet Holmgren has a bigger friendship with Jalen Suggs. They went to high school together. They grew up together. They played for Team Sizzle grassroots together. Um, They they, they didn't play together in college, but went to the same college. Probably, I mean, Chet probably went there because of the connection to Jalen Suggs and the recruiting um, that that Gonzaga did with the Minnesota area so far, or at least that school and that AAU team specifically um, with Team Sizzle. So I could see the magic taking them because it's like, if they already had chemistry, if they already know each other, um, you're now adding not just a young piece. You're adding a piece that you know one can shoot. Uh, he can spread the floor out, so he can take. Like if if he has to guard, and of, that's another thing though. I don't know who he's going to guard in the NBA because when you look at like, <laughs> let's just say Giannis, the Greek freak, he has no chance of stopping Giannis from doing what Giannis does. Like no chance in hell ever. Like until he gets his grown man body, because he's only like 19. So once he eats and gets a little stronger, which I don't think he'll ever truly get like Giannis strong, but who knows? There's a lot of milk out there. There's a lot of new supplements out there. I'm pretty sure a bunch of sponsors that that do protein shakes are going to come after him. Um, and then maybe he'll all of a sudden be this, you know, slim bodybuilder. But that's where I struggle with who can he guard. Now, the other question people always say, well, who can guard him? True. Um, he's gonna He's going to play up top. He's going to, you know, he can shoot threes. He can shoot that easy free throw line jumper, but he can spread the floor out to take the four out of there so that Jalen Suggs can get in there and create. And I think that's going to be the key. Whoever gets him, um, the Thunder, the Rockets, I just, I just don't know. I'd I see the magic for the friendship uh, because Apollo Bankero, um, that could be another option because you know, he, in my opinion, is the best player in the draft.
1: Yeah. And when you think about, you know, drafting a guy who has good chemistry with Jalen Suggs, I'm looking at the Magic roster. And just to give you an idea of their mindset, they brought in a couple brothers to their team, too. They've got Franz Wagner and Moritz Wagner mm-hmm. just because of that, that family connection. And yeah. I think Chet and Jalen are as close as you can get to another family connection with all of their history together. I remember watching them play in high school, throwing alley-oops off the backboard to, to each other. They were electric. Um, so I would love to see that tandem. That would be sweet. I have a Packers question for you, Ron. Jair Alexander signs the biggest cornerback deal in the NFL, $21 million per year. So that's a good, that's a good uh, extension for the Packers. They keep a really good player on their defense. However, they've lost to Darius Smith. They've lost Chandon Sullivan to the Vikings. They've lost Oren Burke. So their defense is a bit depleted, even though they're keeping Jair Alexander around long-term you think the Packers' defense is going to be better or worse this year?
0: Well, they also got Devontae Campbell. They signed him to, a, I think, a $50 million deal as well. Um, I, I think for the Packers, honestly, they were ready to be done with Zadarius. I mean, I know he's a Viking, and and we think he can be really good, and he was good when he's healthy. And I think that's where the Packers mentally are. Channing Sullivan, he was a piece of the puzzle, but he wasn't the puzzle. Um, he's one of the like corner pieces that, like, hey, if I don't finish this puzzle because I'm, I'm missing a corner piece, hey, it's still a puzzle. I still can see the main picture. Um, the main picture is Aaron Rodgers. Like, I think that's where they care about. That's why they let Devontae Adams go. Like, they feel like they have enough key pieces that they're still going to be good. They still have Matt LaFleur, one of the smartest um, coaches I've seen when you look at, like, offensive play calling, creation, formations, uh, getting the same look uh, but different plays, getting the same play but different looks. Like he's really good at that. Uh, when you break down, like I can't wait. You remember year what that was? I think it was a COVID year, but I think uh, they they ran like 19 plays, and it was like. Eleven different formations that I counted in that nineteen plays, which is crazy. And so, uh, when you when you look at that, when you look at all the things he can do, I think they're 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 thinking like, look, man, we're an offensive minded team. We have a great quarterback. Our defense just has to be okay. Uh, Jay Alexander, you know, he had a good season. Uh, Justin Jefferson did eat him up, Uh, but that's that's I think where they're thinking like, hey, it's it's hard to get good corners out there. You know, so many teams have shown that now. When you don't have good corners, you just get killed. and so for the Packers defense, I don't think there's going to be a drop off. I think they're going to be just fine. Uh, like I said, this is Darius thing for them. It was the injury last year. Anyway, so they didn't really have him. Channing uh, Sullivan wasn't one of their main staples. Uh, I think they signed the guys they wanted to keep. I think Devondre Campbell was kind of their next, I mean, he's their five-year guy now. Like he's, he's their guy. He's the guy they think can really get up to the quarterback and really play that middle of the field. Uh, can, can really be a hammer and take running backs out when they hit the hole. So no, I think they'll be fine. I think it's gonna be a good battle between the Vikings and the Packers. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, the Packers offense is their their best defense when they're constantly playing from ahead. Give the defense an opportunity to rush the passer. Um, I, I think what you said about the Packers applies to the Vikings. You know, you just try to be an offensive minded team and have the defense be okay instead mm-hmm. of bottom five, and you're gonna be in pretty good shape
0: yeah yeah and, and like i said steve weiss said it uh we've, we've heard so many people say it now like that's where the vikings are going to become like and that's why i ask all these guys kevin O'Connell is he the next matt Lafleur? is he the next zach taylor like is he that name up there i, I think he has the mental capacity he's a former quarterback he's a he's a connector of players um So, yeah, I like I like that situation with Kirk Cousins and Kevin O'Connell. They get along Uh, when you feel like you can walk into your coach's office, just have a normal conversation about anything. I think that's the key. I think Mike Zimmer was a little bit tense and that starts to wear on you mentally long term. And that's what happened to Kirk Cousins. I think it just started to wear on him. It it got to him. It got to the team. You know, to hear so many guys say that now it's, it's a it's a new it's a new era. It's a breath of fresh air. Um, and so now this Packers-Vikings game is going to be fun. It's going to be two young coaches going at it. Uh, and it's going to be about gamemanship. You know, how can we get after the quarterback? But how can I stop you from getting after my quarterback? And that's that's going to be the name of the game going forward. Uh, well, I want to thank everybody for joining me today on the Ron Johnson Show. Please go back and watch the Ron Dane interview if you have not. Uh, in the open, of course, we talked about the Vikings. What does Kevin O'Connell have to do to be different from Mike Zimmer? Only time will tell. Uh, But that'll do it for us today. Please subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube. Please find the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. And you can also download us on uh, wherever you get your podcasts. So search Locked On Minnesota Sports, subscribe to it on your podcast feed, and then you'll get the Ron Johnson Show whenever we upload them. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day.